This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name is Tom Ward, and I'm joined this evening by Andrew. You right, Tom, mate? How are you? Evening, mate. Not too bad. And Good. also joined by Dean. Hey, chaps. How's it going? Yep, not too bad, mate. Another action-packed week for the Sky Blues as we took on Middlesbrough away from home on Tuesday, um, followed up by another game under the lights at St Andrews against top-of-the-table Reading. We'll look back at the action from the two fixtures and we'll also give you a preview of the upcoming games against Forest and Watford. Evening, chaps. How are we feeling after this week's results? I'll go to you first, Dean. Um, the word I'd use to describe this week is relieved, I think, after Friday night. Um, <laughs> there was a bit of pressure on there, wasn't it, after mm. the performance midweek and the couple of games beforehand as well. So uh, it was a much-needed positive result and a positive performance on Friday night, and I'm sure we'll go into a bit more detail later on. But yeah, very relieved with uh, the week's work in the end. Yeah, definitely. After sort of a few losses, it's good to, to claw your way out. Probably not expected to, but we, we managed to do it, which is brilliant. Um, how are you feeling, Andy, about the results? Yeah, yeah, buzzing after uh, Tuesday's uh, fall, shall we say. But no, it was a really good uh, response by the Sky Blues. And, and like Dean just said, much, much needed. But he predicted it, didn't you, Dino? It was all I in did. the stars for you, wasn't it, mate? I'm like Mystic Meg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without the black wig. Uh, yeah, and I don't know the lottery numbers, so please nobody tweet me with the lottery numbers, because if I did, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, I'll be running the show. I'll be running the show. Seek yeah. your help. <laughs> yeah, so the Sky Blues obviously fell to a 2-0 defeat on Tuesday away at Middlesbrough. We won't dwell on the game for too long because I'm sure our listeners are probably more excited to hear about Friday and I'm sure we're all, all excited to talk about it. But just to sort of talk about that game in a little bit more detail, um, how did the stats look for that one, Andy? 
Uh, not great, Tom, uh, to be honest with you, mate. Um, possession was 47% to us. Uh, we only had three shots compared to their 17. Mm. And we, we, you know, 376 attempted passes compared to their 428, which shows that they outpassed us as well. We, we won a few more duels than them. We won 63 compared to their 49. But again, the possession losses was 171, which is fairly high. Yeah, some uh, some worrying figures in there, especially the uh, the attempts. Really struggling to create chances, weren't we? We were, and it, you know, mainly to do with Godden being isolated again. But uh, yeah. we certainly put that right with the change of formation on Friday, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Dean, what did you think of the team selection by Mark, Mark Robbins? Obviously, he was forced into one change, but also had the option of bringing uh, Hamer back in from suspension. Yeah, it's good to see Hamer and. We kind of missed him the last few games with a bit of creativity in the middle of the park and a bit of bite as well. So it was good to see him back in the fold. Um, I was a little bit surprised not to see Kelly there, um, mm. I must be honest, because, I, I, again, I, we, we go on it about it all the time, but we are better side when Liam Kelly's in the team, that's for sure. Um, and we, I, mean, I mean, we started with Allen a little bit deeper into the midfield, but as time went on, uh, like Andy said, we were just isolated at the top half of the pitch and... We we just kept getting pegged back, and it was just it was just odd. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, the selection is what it is. There's not not much he could he could do to change it, other yeah. than add another person in the middle of the park, which he did on Friday. So, yeah, absolutely. And with with Kelly, do you think um, is he just trying to not be too over reliant on Kelly? Because obviously we've talked about you know the amount of games we're playing, it's just constant, isn't it? At the moment, is he just trying to be a bit careful with Kelly and not kind of overplay him and rely on him? I suppose. I think so, but I, I I get the feeling he doesn't think he can play Sheaf and Kelly in the same mm. team. Um, and I think he's just going to pick Sheaf at the moment just because he offers a little bit more going forward and we're lacking stuff going forward at the moment. So maybe that's his thinking. And of course, obviously, we've got game after game. I think it was, what, seven games in 23 days yeah, we were playing? Yeah, it's isn't it? So, mm. you know, Leon Kelly isn't, like, like Carl McFadzine, isn't going to be able to play all those games back to back to back, especially with mm. his injury record recently. So maybe he's holding him back. And I potentially I thought, oh, okay, maybe he's holding it back for Reading. But obviously he didn't appear versus Reading either. Yeah. So is there something else there? I'm not sure. Robbins hasn't said much about it, has he really? So, uh, but we have to trust the guy and trust he's doing the right thing. Yeah, definitely. And um, what did you make of the early exchanges at the Riverside, Andy? Uh, not very much, Tom, <laughs> to be honest, mate. Um, wasn't particularly great um, from both sides, really. I don't think they, they. I know they had a lot more shots than us, but they didn't create. Nah, not you know, clear cut, were they? No, they weren't. Morosi, they had one over right across the box that Morosi fumbled, didn't they? But seemed to get away with that. Um, but then, but no, they didn't have too much apart from that. Um, so apart from that, no, it, it was. You know, they they were more in the ascendancy, definitely. But we certainly weren't getting outplayed. But no, um, apart from the Morosi uh, fumble, there wasn't yeah. much to really add, really. Yeah, there was that one and there was that one as well where it came across the box. I think Morosi might have hurt his hand there as well. Yeah, that's the one um, I'm talking about, Tom. That yeah, one, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but yeah, no sort of, no clear-cut chances in that first half, team were there really? No. And to, to be fair to the Sky Blues, I thought our defensively our shape looked pretty good yeah. uh, during that first yeah. half. And, and any any sort of attack that Middlesbrough had, we sort of stifled it out quite quite quickly, which was a positive. But then the transition from that defence to attack mode was just was pretty much awful, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and you know it put us under the cosh for large periods during that first half. Okay, they didn't create much, but um, 
sort of being on the back foot isn't going to be you know too positive on the team overall and it, it obviously didn't it didn't work out for the rest of the game like that that way yeah yeah exactly because a more creative team in that first half might have might have taken the lead but we we got to half time at nil nil nonetheless um came out second half and we we seemed to grow into the game a bit more didn't we andy yeah, we did. We came out better. Obviously, Robbins must and Aidy must have had a word with them because obviously he must have not been too impressed with them at half time. So he would have had strong words with them. And we did come out a little bit more on the front foot. Again, not creating a great deal, did we? But there was a bit more show of intent, shall we say, than than the first half, Tom, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we got, into some, we got into some good positions. Yeah, but just I thought it was the yeah. lack of composure, wasn't it? We, yeah. You know, there was a couple of times Shipley had the ball at his feet and he only had to play mm. sort of that that killer pass through, you know, turn that half chance into a full chance, as, as I was yeah. saying on the live. Uh, but our decision-making, not just in the Middlesbrough game, the games beforehand as well, mm. just left a lot to be desired. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's a real sticking point and an issue for me, is our decision-making has got to be better in this I, championship because we'll get I, punished yeah. otherwise. Yeah, I think regarding that though, Dean, I think that mainly had to do with the formation because when you've got the ball as a forward player like Shipley and Allen, when you've just got Godden, there's not, you know, it showed the difference on Friday night, didn't it? There, yeah, there was still, I mean, more, they, yeah, Godden was more out of the game. Yeah, and if you've got more options around the player, then you've got more options and you look more of an attacking threat, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you do, we just, yeah, another person there, it's easier to, yeah, to play absolutely. another pass. That extra pass can, can make all the difference, that's for sure. Yeah. And talking about that decision-making, we had a decent chance, um, probably to, to, not long before they scored, actually, um, where Gordon cut the ball across to Shipley and their defender was just too quick for him, wasn't he, Dean? Yeah, I think we need to talk about McFadzine's run, though, before. Crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Big Mo-esque. What was he doing up there? <laughs> I don't know. He had a nosebleed at yeah. the end of it. I saw it actually when he played the ball forward. He ran back quickly. It was quite funny to, yeah. to see him run back towards his the own panic goal. of him trying to get back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was singing the Big Mo song then, trying to put Fads's name to it, but it just, I couldn't really get a rhyme going, so I had to shut up. We'll quickly. have to work on that one, Dean. Yeah. Well, well, you know, there's plenty of time, isn't there? So yeah, yeah. Um, before we get back into the stadium, where we can sing it loud and proud. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, great run. Um, took three players out of the game. Really, really nice ball through to to Gordon, actually. Uh, but yeah, the ball across the box was superb. But Shipley, I've, I've looked at it again. He look, he tries to go with his left foot rather than yeah. his right foot. He needs to hook it with his right foot. But, but what a brilliant tackle as well. Yeah. I mean, you've got to give credit well, yeah. to the defender there as well. Absolutely outstanding tackle. Because it's a surefire goal. There's no two ways about it. It's, it. it's pretty much an open goal. And Shipley shouldn't miss that, really, being a professional footballer. But, yeah, a real, really good chance we had um, to take the ascendancy in that, game, in that game. And like we said in the live, Tom, we, we looked like we were the, the team that were going to take yeah. take it by the scruff of the neck and, and, and actually take the lead in the game. But, alas, it wasn't to be. No, exactly. And sort of almost the inevitable really happened, didn't it? When um, we gave the ball away in the middle of the park and then ball over the top, finished off by Asan Bolonga. Very disappointing, isn't it, Andy, after getting a bit of a grip in the game to go and concede a goal like that? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was <sighs> terrible play by Kyle, uh, Kyle Walker. Tyler Walker, sorry. <laughs> we wish. Kyle Walker, I wish. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Walker. Um, he was just, you know, terrible hold-up play. He just lost it too easy. And then it was just... One ball that just sent him sent him through and he scored. It was pulled by Hyam as well. He just let him go, didn't he? It was really, yeah. really poor all round from Walker and Hyam. 
And, you know, Britson on the scores goals, and he's not going to miss that when he's clean through, is he? So, no, exactly. but no, they're desperately disappointed from Walker and Hyam for me. Yeah, just goes to show in the championship, you know, if you switch off for a second and give the ball away like that, you're going to get punished, aren't you? Yeah. And you've got players like Asan Belonga up top, they don't miss they don't miss opportunities like that, do they? No, no, he was never going to miss, was he? One yeah. chance, one goal. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then it was a sort of classic breakaway goal, really, for their second. We obviously were committing a fair few men forwards, um, which would be expected. But yeah, it's just one of those, isn't it, Dean, where they've, you know, we've just, they've just broken through and, and got that second and killed the game, really. Yeah, and it's three defenders going towards the ball in the middle of the park, which has let us down because McCallum tries to cover uh, Hyam tries to cover McFadzine. Uh, McCallum tries to cover Hyam. They're all charging towards the ball in the middle of the park and the, the whole of the the right-hand side of the pitch is free. Uh, but yeah, nothing much you can do about that. Um, good finish and, you know, it is what it is. You, when you're chasing a game, I'd rather lose 2-0 than, yeah, than not exactly. chase the game at all. So, and uh, try and get the point back. But mm. yeah, it was just, it, it was just a bit of a sloppy one, wasn't it? It, it? it feels to me like it was a game that, you know, we could have took it by the scruff of the neck and, mm. and come away with at least a point, definitely. Yeah. And we've kind of let Middlesbrough in into a, to three points there, really. Yeah, because they weren't that great, really, were they, compared to some of the teams we've played this season? No, definitely not. They're probably, no. but I, I, well, them and Barnsley, I would say, have probably been the two worst teams we've played so far this year. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, fully, I fully expect Middlesbrough to be um, to sort of be lower lower table. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Come come the end of the season, so maybe we'll look back at this game as as one of those that we could have picked up points from, but. You know, overall we didn't, and that's that's the story, really. I always thought with the formation and, and the way he set up the bench that Robbins went a bit deeper, and I think he was trying to obviously keep it tight, keep it nil-nil, and we're throwing people on like Walker, O'Hare, looking to win it late on. That's how I saw he, his mindset. I don't know about you two. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's it's difficult to predict what Robbins is thinking most <laughs> yeah. of the time. Some, there are some there are some questionable choices he makes, rather mm. it, it being either squad selection or the time he brings his subs on. And I, I know obviously we've got to we've got to back the man because he's 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 the main man in charge. And mm. um, but yeah, there are question, questions at times with team selection and substitute times for me. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit baffled with this team selection. We've been calling for three in the middle of the park yeah, for yeah. a long time this season. It's it's been you know noted, and it's 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 just a shame that it's taken until Friday night, eight nine yeah. games into the season to to work out potentially what our best our best sort of lineup is going to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully from now on it will um, you know it'll stick a bit more and and we can keep picking up some points. Um, but just, despite having a bit of a go in that game, second half, we, we only had one shot on target, which I think if I remember, it was, a, it was quite a tame effort from Hamer, wasn't it, from outside the box. Um, is chance creation something that concerns you, Andy? Um, if you asked me this question before Friday, I'd say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no, not now. Um, not now we play two up front and there's uh, Godden's got someone to play off and you've got some big max to hold it up and those chess layoffs. No, not at all. Um, but no, if you asked me this question after the Middlesbrough game, I would have said definitely yes. Um, because Godden yeah. was so isolated, wasn't he? He was looked a, a forlorn, frustrated figure up there, didn't he, again? And um, he didn't look like he was enjoying his football. So um, it was good to see him scoring again on Friday and having a smile back yeah. on his face. New system definitely benefited us on Friday. Oh, big time, yeah, massively. Yeah. 
And then just um, thinking about the man of the match for that game on on Tuesday, uh, I'll go to you first, Dean. Uh, yeah, apart from the, the sort of mistake he made for the first goal, I thought Dom Holland had a pretty solid game. Um, he's been solid pretty much the whole way through this season so far. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go for Dom Holland. And you, Andy? Um, oh, dear. Um, More than many shining lights, let's no. be honest. I don't. I'd probably say, apart from like Dean Hyam, or maybe because he just came back into the side, Hamer. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it was but, good uh, to have Hamer back in, wasn't it? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. He's. Uh, we'll come on to him more on about his performance on Friday night. But no, he was great to have him back. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. And then the Sky Blues entertained Reading in front of the Sky cameras on Friday night at St Andrews. Um, we'll go to the stats first, Andy. Did they sort of reflect the 3-2 scoreline that we saw? Yeah, well, it did. It was a very even game. It, it comes from the stats from that. Um, we only had 41 possession, but that is to be expected when you play two up top because obviously yeah. you buy, bypass a few things, bypass the midfield sometimes when you have to go long. So you are going to when you play that formation, you're not going to have as much possession. Um, so that doesn't worry me so much. Um, we had 14 shots compared to their 15, which is a lot better than three uh, than Tuesday night. And um, again, my point is we had 378 attempted passes compared to their 537. So they did have a lot more of the ball. Um, and we had 13 interceptions and against their nine. So we defended very well as well. So yeah, there's the stats for that. Yeah, brilliant. And um, some bold changes by Robbins going into the match, which I think we probably expected. Um, the sort of much talked about two up top, um, he went for, but opted for Biamu to play alongside um, Godden, which was interesting. Um, what did you make of that, Dean, and, and the rest of the team selection? I, I definitely didn't expect Biamu to play, no. that's for sure. I thought when Tyler, when Tyler Walker was given a place on the bench on Tuesday night, I pretty much thought, oh, he's nailed on. If we're going to play two up top, he's nailed on to play. But great to see Max back in the fold. And I thought he played really, really well. Uh, the first half, he wasn't really particularly into it. Uh, probably just trying to get back into the swing of things, really. Uh, much higher intense level. Um, so, yeah, he, he came into his own second half. He played really well. But it was great to see three in the middle of the park. Yeah. Just We've been calling for it all season. It's what's going to work for us. It allows us to an extra pass in the middle of the park if we need it. That also allows us to get the wings involved more. Um, so, yeah, that was great to see. And Dabo back in the side as well, uh, much Ooh. needed on that right-hand side. Okay, McCallum's played well there the last couple of games because um, he knows how to play the position. But having Dabo there, you know, our player of the season last year, yeah. just gives us so much more confidence going forward. And defensively as well on that right-hand side. Yeah, it just gives us a bit more sort of power and, and, and stuff down the right, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, he, he, he's a class act, Dabo, and he was breathing hard so, towards the towards the end yeah. of the game and, and Robbins obviously took him off and um, he acknowledged that at the end of the game he'd have to do that at some point. But yeah, uh, just an, an incredible talent on that right-hand side of the pitch and um, I was so, so happy to see him back in the fold again. Yeah, and of course it, it frees up McCallum then to, to play on the left if, if he does want to put him there at some point this season as well. So it's good to have that back as an option as well, I think. Definitely. You know, Sam McCallum is a really, really top draw player. He's still finding his feet in the championship. Um, you can see he knows how to play that position well, regardless if he's on the left or the right. He knows what positions he needs to be in, where he needs to be in when we're attacking, where he needs to be in when we're defending and defending as a team. Um, so, yeah, it gives us the option now on the left-hand side to bring him into the fold if needed. 
Although it's going to be tough to take out Ryan Giles of this yeah. team because he's, he's playing really well too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Sky Blues took the lead in the 23rd minute. It was a fine finish from Hamer, wasn't it, Andy? Yeah, just a bit. Um, Hammer's right up my street. He is some player, isn't he? Um, just, you know, talking about the goal initially, and I'll get on to Hammer and what he provides. Um, the ball was played down the side by Giles to Shippers, wasn't it? And Shippers played it back to Godden, and Godden really held it up well. And he played the perfect ball into the path of Hamer. But his, you know, to use the pitch because it was wet and the side foot yeah. finish into the bottom corner was just ooze class, didn't it? Let's be honest. That just was a quality finish by an absolute quality player. And, um, I can't say was, how difficult that, that sort is, of finish is. Across is. your body yeah. and yeah. putting it into the opposite corner as well. Outstanding. One of, one, yeah. of, one of the goals of our season so far, for sure. Yeah, it, was, it was absolute slotville, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They're satisfying those ones when they go right in the corner, aren't they, Andy? Very much so, Tom. Yeah, it was, it it. Was a, he hasn't smacked it either, has he? just let nah, he's just placed of, it. piece of the pass yeah. do all the work. It was Caressed. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't need finish. to smash it, ones like that. Just use the pace on the ball and just yeah. place it. Get it also, in the great, tape modern. Yeah, great in, <laughs> <laughs> great industry by Godden as well, wasn't it? Just to lay yeah. on a plate for him. It was brilliant work from Matty Godden. And that was, uh, he plays well when other players are around him, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he just yeah. got really good football in brain, Matty Godden. He has, yeah, yeah. he has, yeah. So, um, no, that was finished and... Uh, Hamer was quality all game, wasn't he? And he got his traditional book in as well, which we'll probably move on to later. Yeah, it's always a bit nerve-wracking whether he'll get sent off every game, isn't it? It um, is, but, but don't you just love that kind of devilness in, in your team and you, you have that, that kind yeah. of maverick playing the player, isn't he? He's just enjoyable to watch, isn't he? He's not boring. He's, he's edge of the edge of the seat stuff and that's what you're paying your money for, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. get used to it because that's, that's his game. That's part oh, of his yeah. game. Um, and, you know, you're going to get the good and the bad with him. Definitely, and sometimes we'll probably get the ugly too. But you know, just just enjoy it. You know, we've got a really really good player in the team. Um, let's not hold him back. Okay, Robbins and Vibash will probably rein him in a little bit with his challenges, like they did second half. But just enjoy it while he's there because he, we've got a top class player in our team, and it it probably won't he probably won't be with us for a long period of time. Didn't yeah. he look better though going forward in that midfield three? It gives him the freedom. Oh. Much he knows but there's two players behind and potentially yeah. one more joining him too. But it gives him the freedom of the pitch and it's just it's just lovely to see. And he glides as well. Mm. How he glides across the pitch. Beautiful. Yeah. It's like a Picasso painting just spraying <laughs> it around the pitch. I've got a lot of art on my brain this evening already, I can tell you. Um, but yeah, be- beautiful. Yeah. And with us having taken the lead, um, did you expect a bit more from Reading Dean? Because they didn't really sort of threaten as much then, did they, until they scored their goal? I did, I did, especially for the league league leaders. But yeah. I mean, to be fair, to be fair to them, you know, they were missing Swift and Ajaria, who mm. you know, two of their best sort of attacking and creative players. Um, but I mean, their their losses are gain, as they say. Um, and I, I personally think Reading are, are in a ridiculously false position. I can't see them challenging um, for the for the honours of this season in the championship. Okay, they might challenge for the playoffs at a stretch, but. I think I think they'll um, they'll drop down quite quickly in this league as as teams are, are going to find them out. Yeah, I agree with you there. And um, they did get their equaliser in the 66th, 66th minute. Um, mm. It was a fine finish from that Zhao, wasn't it, Andy? Um, yeah. But because we'd we'd been keeping our defensive shape pretty well up until then, but it was just one of those quality finishes that you couldn't do much about, really. 
Not really. You know, people, certain people were questioning Rose, weren't they, that they should have got a tackling, but that's been extra harsh, isn't it? Yeah, he's pushing him out and pushing him yeah, out. And he's, he, you know. If he bagged it top, bottom corner from there, there's not much you can do about it, is there, to be fair? Come on. He, you know, Rose pushed him aside as much as he could. And the finish was quality from a person who scored quite a few goals this season. So his confidence is obviously high. And you could tell that by the finish, couldn't you? Yeah, exactly. It's just that, like we said, that championship level finishing that we perhaps didn't see, yeah, you know, last absolutely. season. You no, get, right, you know, We've tried to be a bit, a little bit too cute for me there, trying to get the ball out as well. You know, yeah, we've we've obviously confidence is higher. We've won the look at this point, and we're pretty much dominating the game. But you know, just clear your lines, get rid I of the ball. Sheep's only mistake wasn't it again? It probably it? was, yeah. And it, you know, unfortunately, he's a lot of um, a lot of fans have got a tiger on his back at the moment. So they'll see that one mistake Sheep has made and go, "Oh, he's shit," you know. Whereas <laughs> it was the absolute opposite for Ben yeah. Sheaf on, yeah, on Friday yeah. night. He was all over the pitch, um, yeah. mopping up things, you know, putting the challenge in, made some really really nice passes through lines, which which is much needed. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to be a bit too cute. Just get rid of the ball. That's the only mistake for me. But yeah, Lucas Yao, international. He's an international player. Great finish. He, he started the season on fire. Yeah. Um, so there's not over the, over then get rid of the ball. There's not much we can do about that goal. Just a lovely finish. Yeah. And then Biamu had a wonderful chance to take the lead, but he doesn't doesn't like tapping, does he? Dean didn't fancy it. Nah, doesn't tap it in from six yards. What's the point? No, it's not beyond me. If it's not an overhead that. kick, and if he hasn't got his blindfold on or something like that, then what's the point in scoring for Max? But yeah, regardless of Max's attributes to and and previous finishes, he should he should score there. Um, yeah. He kind of goes up with with his wrong foot as well. Should have gone with the stud, shouldn't he? Yeah, just just put put your foot yeah. through it and just get it past the keeper, and that's all he needed to do. Try to be a bit a little bit too cute, maybe to sort of finish it off well, but. You know, we at least we scored from from the resulting corner. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, um, Gordon sort of fired us into a lead. It was a deflected shot from Dabo. Good, good effort from Dabo. Um, mm-hmm. Their keepers obviously parried it, and it was a a proper striker's instinct goal, wasn't it, Andy? It was, and it was a good short corner, wasn't it? it was, mm, we didn't lump into the box. It was a great, yeah, it was, and it played out to to Dabo and his deflected shot, like you said, Tom. And their keeper made a bit of a mess of it. If I, you know, I used to play in goal myself, and if I did that, I wouldn't be too pleased with that. If I'm being the honest, cat. didn't they call you the cat? Yeah, I was half decent. <laughs> uh, you know, occasionally, yeah, they used to call me that. But yeah, but yeah, I would, you know, that's got to be pushed out further. But our luck is is not theirs, is it? And uh, Matty Godden was sniffing about like he always does, and it's always good to see the plane come out again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it wasn't the best of evenings for their keeper, really. Was he? he was struggling? I don't know whether you know, it was raining and stuff, and he was struggling to get hold of the, the, some of our shots, wasn't he? Like a bar of soap. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, the, the, the McCallum goal then sort of similar situation, really, um, in that he gets it on the right and obviously cuts onto his left and just absolutely rifles it, doesn't he? At the keeper, um, obviously moves a bit and. And we're, we're we're suddenly three one up, but yeah, had a, had a fair bit of power behind it, didn't it, Dean? Yeah, I mean, I've got to, I've got to sort of give the keeper some credit here. The ball went three different ways, so yeah. it's very very <laughs> difficult to keep your eye on it. But yeah, he still gets body behind it. You know, you're always taught as a keeper, as far as I know, I wasn't a keeper myself, but get your body behind the ball, um, regardless of where it's going, just get your body behind it. Um, mm. And he didn't do that, but yeah, it was like the parting of the Red Sea, wasn't it, when we kind of <laughs> received that ball on the touchline. He had what fifteen yards to run into. 
Yeah. The left, the left back just kept going backwards for some reason. There was nobody there. Um, but yeah, what a, a great strike. And he, he's, he's got that in his locker, hasn't he, Sam McCallum? He's, yeah. And so a few player. times now he's, um, he's striked the ball with a uh, real fizz, as I like yeah. to call it. Um, and yeah, he's, he's a, a superb finish. Um, yeah. Regardless of, what the, yeah. regardless of what the keeper does, forget about that. It's McCallum's shot that, that makes, that makes the goal. So, um, fair play to him. Yeah, good thing about McCann as well. He can do it on both feet, can't he? So, which either side he's playing on, you know, he can cut in. I mean, I remember that goal against Wickham, which was down the left, I think, on his right foot. You know, he's he's good on both feet, so it's good to have that option. That's why sometimes it's good to have the opposite foot on the opposite yeah. wing because it gives you the option to come inside. You see, attacking a lot of point good of view, players, yeah. yeah, that that will will cut will cut inside onto their right foot or left foot, uh, respectively. So. You know, uh, that's another option we've got. If if a team plays with real direct wingers, and and the left and like if we go up against a four at the back, for instance, maybe McCallum on the right hand side will give us the option to come inside a little bit more and fizz a ball, sort of back post or whatever. So you know, um, a great option to have in in the ranks for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then a late sort of consolation in the end for Reading, um, but the Sky Blues held on for a huge win. Um, having looked at the table once all the games have been played, it it really did look like a massive three points, didn't it, Andy, from Friday night? Yeah, it was, it was massively needed. Um, you could just see by um, Robin's reaction at full time how much it meant to him. Um, you don't see him that animate, animated normally, do you, after, after a win? But he was punching the air and he was absolutely loving it because I think he knew that this result would give the players so much confidence yeah. going forward. And he knew that. And that's why he was punching the air and going mad like we all were. So it was really great to see that passion from Robbins as well. It was brilliant. Um, but no, regarding the table, it, it shot us up the league and it, it gives us a brilliant platform going forward now. And yeah, it's, you know, really moving on to the Forest game. It, we can really go into that game with full of confidence, Tom. Yeah, exactly. And who'd, who'd be your man of the match, Andy? Um, ben Chief. Yeah. Um, I thought he was um, outstanding. Um, like Dean said earlier, he's, um, his interceptions were fantastic. His, uh, the way he played the ball through the lines was great. He just looked very, very classy for me. Um, bit of a blemish for the goal, but apart from that, he, he was my man of the match. He was uh, brilliant. Yeah. Any, anything different from you, Dean? Yeah, I'm going to go for the standing skipper, Matty Godden. I thought he was absolutely, mm. that's mm. how a, a man at the top end of the pitch needs to play. Um, superb. Ran the channels s- superbly well. He was everywhere on the pitch. I looked at his heat maps this morning and he popped up at right back. He popped up at left back. Yeah. Just bonkers. He just wanted the ball. His hunger, his desire, his fight for the team. We spoke about that last week. There needs to be someone to step up to the plate with that fight and determination. And I think Matty Garden did that for us on uh, on Friday night. So yeah, uh, fantastic from him, and he takes my uh, man of the match award. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We're now going to move on and preview the next game for the Sky Blues as they travel to Nottingham Forest on Wednesday night. And I'm delighted to say we're joined by Chris, who is a Forest fan, to help us preview the game. Evening, Chris. How you doing? Good guys. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Yeah, we're not too bad. We're uh, yeah enjoying life back in the Championship. But, yeah, uh, I suppose that's one of the been... first things I wanted to say, to be honest. It was, you know, it's good to see you guys come up. Um, what did you lose? Three games last season until March. So mm. thoroughly deserved promotion. Um, obviously, I've known Tom since you guys were in the championship. So through his 
Twitter rants and retweets and likes and stuff. I've seen what you guys have been through. So yeah, it's good. Oh, to you get annoyed by those too, right? Oh, mate, they're all over my time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, it's good, good to be back in the championship. And I suppose it's been it's been fairly tough so far, but hopefully we're getting to grips with it a bit more now. Um, I was just going to mention sort of um, how much you're missing the football at the moment. How's it been kind of watching from home? Obviously, it doesn't, doesn't look like the fans will be coming back anytime soon, sadly. No, it doesn't at all with the announcement last night, especially. Um, I know at the start of the season in the summer, there was talk of fans. Well, Forrest put out a statement for fans to be back for the Bristol City game. Mm. So, yeah, it was looking promising. Um, but, yeah, that seemed that glimmer of hope seems to have faded, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, in terms of Forrest, it's obviously a massive loss of normality. You know, every weekend, you know, you're walking down to the ground, see, see Trent Bridge, cross Trent Bridge, as you know, Tom, and then... You get yeah. to the ground, so that's a real shame. But then, in terms of overall football, I don't. I think all of us sort of took for granted how much the fans in the stadium actually make a difference. You know, when you watch a team that's just two teams, say like Arsenal, Man United, was just on, it it doesn't pique the interest as much. It's strange. I I think, yeah, we I think we miss the fans a lot more than anyone thought. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, uh, I think for, for, for Cov fans as well, losing out on a trip to Nottingham Forest is is always yeah. a you know that's that's a, a a big loss for us because it's one of those grounds you always mark off at the start of the season, especially in the Championship. You know, it's a low, really, it's a local derby for for us, isn't it? Really, um, quite close um, in the Midlands, and it's a ground we're steeped in history mm. and a club steeped in history. So it's always one that fans want to go to and it's always a great atmosphere there and we've had some great results at, at Forest too yeah it's definitely it was going well until that point when you mentioned that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I was going to say it was another disappointing result for you chaps on Saturday wasn't it Chris hasn't been the hasn't been the best of starts for the EU this season oh mate to, to be honest it's been it's been awful um, you know when Sabri left, we'd lost all of our games, uh, including the cup game away against Barnsley before the season, well, technically the season started. Um, and we've only scored one goal, which is an absolute worldie by Luke Freeman. So, um, yeah, it hasn't been ideal. Um, I suppose it's not just losing as well, it's the manner in which we lost. So there was a lack of ideas going forward. We were just being bullied at the back. You know, we played Cardiff live on Sky. And as soon as a, it seemed as soon as they had a striker that was over six foot tall and could head the ball, it was always going to be bad news. And within two minutes, Kiefer Moore nodded one in from a corner. So sort of all gone wrong, really. Um, yeah, we get bullied at the back. The midfield just pass it sideways and backwards. Um, and I think, to be honest, the record is carried over from last season. You know, sucking a manager four games in sounds a bit strange. But to add that to three wins in 20, if you take, take part of last season... Um, it just makes for all for reading, to be honest. Yeah, and Chris Hooten was quite a high-profile appointment, wasn't he, Chris? Um, what have you made of him so far? And obviously, he's only had a few games come, come in, but what have you made of him so far? Yeah, you know, when he first got appointed, I don't think I've ever seen so many sort of neutrals, non-Forest fans saying what a good appointment a management mm. appointment is. Yeah, You know, we all know his record in this league. He was promoted with Newcastle, with Norwich, Brighton. He got Birmingham when he was there, in and around the playoffs. Um, so on the face of it, it looks like a really good appointment. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it started really well. So we played against Blackburn. I'm not too sure if it was the week after you guys played. Was them. that 1-0, wasn't it? You won yeah, 1-0, so yeah, we yeah, it was week before. Really quiet. Mm. yeah, so 
I think they played you the week before and then we yeah. played them and to be honest I wasn't expecting a lot especially the way we've been defending um, and we managed to keep a clean sheet we nicked it um, yeah. with a deflected goal and added time so when you're at the bottom of the league that always feels amazing yeah, you take that don't you yeah exactly and then we've had a couple of draws since so we um, drew against Rotherham we drew against Derby um, we drew against Luton which obviously on Sky in the week and then we lost at the weekend so yeah. I think the big thing is even though sort of the way we're playing hasn't particularly improved that much we are looking a bit more solid at the back yeah. uh, we're actually picking up points which is, which is important if you're not playing well just to try and get some points and momentum on the board really mm. Yeah it's going to take him time obviously to put his beliefs and thoughts and views to the side isn't it but obviously with Forrest and we know how trigger hacky or owners can be um, he'll have to get some results soon won't he yeah exactly that you know I, th I think it will take time there's there's a culmination of things really which I think has led to this um, we after lockdown we were we were terrible to be honest we just it was almost yeah. like we got found out you know before that we were playing defensive football and sort of nicking a goal here and there but yeah. if those things don't drop for grabbing in the box and Lolly doesn't bang one in from like 25 50 yards 50 yards exactly, yeah <laughs> then, you know, you get found out. And it's amazing when you go to an away ground and you win 1-0 and you've had 30% possession. But, mm. you know, as soon as they, the, those things stop dropping for you, it's just, yeah, it's it's not nice to lose ever. But to lose when you've had 30% of the ball and one shot on target just no. isn't great, to be honest. We know the feeling, mate. We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me, we do. <laughs> um, one of our summer signings that you'll know well, uh, Tyler Walker. Obviously, yeah. he hasn't featured much for us for various reason, reasons, but obviously he's back on the bench for us now. What can we uh, expect from Tyler this season? Uh, well, to be honest, I think a lot of fans, Forest fans, were shocked when we let him go, especially for the price we did. I think it was, mm. like, what, 500k? Yeah. Um I as soon as it happened, I messaged Tom and I was like, "That's going to be a great signing for you." Um, the weird thing is, Forest fans haven't really seen him in the first team that much. You know, he's always been in and around the first team for a few years yeah. now. Um, I think Dougie Freeman introduced him, and he scored away at Brentford, brilliant goal, um, and we all had high hopes for him. And then he sort of he's been out on loan, and to be honest, he scored goals wherever he's been. So whether that was in Mansfield in League Two, I think he got over 20 maybe, and then he was at Lincoln last year and scored 16 before we recalled him, so yeah. coming into the second half of the season with him as sort of a backup option to grab and look perfect, to be honest, it looked like he'd come off the goal, he was high in confidence, you know, he was keeping up with Ivan Tony in the League One scoring leagues. Mm. Um, but he, he scored one goal against Leeds and only played six or seven times, so he never really yeah. got the game time. I, never, I always got that impression, Chris, that he was never given a proper opportunity. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, we were looking for a striker in January because you can't rely on Lewis Graben as much as, you know, he scored 20 goals last season, which is yeah. the first player to do so since, yeah, David Johnson's and Marlon Hayward's. But, um, that's a blast from the past, then. Too. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's what we do as far as fans. But, I, um, think, you know, I think you'll put Pierre Van Oydonk out next. seven. <laughs> what a year. No, um, so... Yeah, he didn't. He never got the chance. You know, it was good to have him as backup, but then it seemed like we bought him in as backup, and we he never backed up. He was just on the bench. He was there. He came on against Leeds, like I said, and scored in the last minute. But I think if he if he starts every week and he goes to a club where he's loved, which I think he will be at Cove. I've seen again from Tom's likes and retweets that you guys really look after young players and care for them. Um, and I think if he gets the service, he'll do really well. Good to hear, mate. 
obviously that, that was an outgoing for Forest. But what do you make to some of the, the incomings at Forest then this season? There's been quite a few high profile names been been brought into the fold and some of them obviously were, were under the, the old manager. But what do you think overall to the business you've made? Yeah. Um it wasn't ideal, I guess, that we gave the old manager the whole of the summer and then brought in Chris Hewton. So it's a bit you know, he's not using his players as it were, but I suppose with Sabri going so early, Chris Hewton was brought in um while the transfer window is still open, which is obviously a positive. He brought in Knockart, um, having you know, he had him at Brighton and sort of worked wonders with him. He, he played really well at Brighton, so hopefully that's going to be positive now that they're they're back together. Um, and he also tried to bring in Campbell Grzycki, um, but the paperwork was registered 21 seconds too late. So, um, yeah, he's not coming in. But I think it shows where we're still lacking, which sounds like a weird one because the summer transfer window was excessive. You know, we've signed 14, 15 players. Uh, myself included, a lot of Forest fans, we thought that we'd probably, you know, having going, gone so close last season, probably four or five quality additions would do it. Um, but yeah, so the club's really gone for it. As much as, you know, people can be negative about the owner, you can't say that he hasn't put his money behind it. Um, a big problem for us last season was that our starting eleven was really strong. But as soon as that changed and a few fringe players came in, we just weren't, weren't you know, we weren't good enough. So I think that sort of addressed that. Um, as weird as it seems as well, even though we bought in 15, 14, 15 players, there can be seen to be a reason for bringing many of them in. You know, we bought in Lyle Taylor as backup for grabbing, like I mentioned, especially if we've let Tyler Walker go. Luke Freeman came in, who knows his league well. He's, you know, he's brilliant at QPR, went to Sheffield United, didn't quite work. So he's come in as a number 10 again, another good signing on, on paper, I guess. Cyrus Christie came in, you know, he got promoted with Fulham last year, but Matty Cash was sold. So you can say, you know, we needed a new right back. Scott McKenna's come in. You know, Dawson's not getting any younger. Uh, no, much of, no much of, you know, how much of a legend he is. He's he's not even making matchday squads anymore. So it was important to bring in another centre-half, in my opinion. And he's been great since he's been in. You know, that's one of my players to watch out for on Wednesday night. We brought in Knockhart. We brought in Harry Arter. So if you look at those names, they're really good, solid championship players. So it just needs to gel now. When you bring in 15 players, that is a lot of players. So... Hopefully they start gelling soon and, um, yeah, we can start picking up some points. Yeah, like you said, it's very hard to bed in so many different players, you know. know. It's okay having all these names and sort of championship <clears throat> quality names, but putting them all in a side all at once is very difficult to to sort of get anything from, isn't it? Yeah, that that's the strange thing, really. I mean, if we look at Forest recruitment over the last years, I read a stat the other day that said we've bought in 70 players since 2017. Like that, 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 in my opinion, is just not feasible. You know, it's great the fact that our academy, you know, we sell Arvin Apaya for eight million and Ben Brereton to Blackburn for seven and Cash to Villa for 14. But you, part of you thinks that we wouldn't have to do that unless we, you know, if we didn't bring in 70 players in the past three years, you know, with agents' fees and fees and wages. And every season, it seems like we have four or five players like Albert Adoma this year, Jao Carvalho. Even Gaetan Bong, who did come back in at the weekend, they were training with the 23s under Sabri. So it feels like every season we have four or five players who don't get a look in, who are sort of almost sat there, really, because they're on a good wage at Forest and they're not going to leave. So it's difficult when you have such a high turnover of players every season. So what about Forest's style of play then? Because obviously the history of Forest is that sort of free-flowing attacking football. But obviously at the moment you don't seem to be picking up 
much results, shall we say. No. Uh, so so what can we expect from, from Forrest going forward, especially for, for the game on Wednesday? Well, that's the thing. So you say free-flowing attacking football. Get ready for none of that on Wednesday, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good news for us, at least. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. So we'll take that. So, um, yeah, it's carried on from last season. So we play 4-2-3-1. Um, but the difficulty is, from what I can see, um, we don't really have a style of play, if that makes sense. There's no triangles. You know, we don't pass around teams like Fulham or Brentford did last year. And, you know, there's no big man on top, up top like Kiefer Moore or Cardiff or Jukovic at Birmingham. Um, you know, we, we don't get it wide and whip it in and all that kind of stuff. But we're, we're a very um, passive team, if that makes sense. Again, probably carries on from last season. We, we like to not have the ball and sort of play counter-attack and defensively. Um, which sort of worked last season, like I mentioned, Graben got 20 goals and Lolly and Amiobi were really good down the wings and, uh, you know, we, we did shithouse a lot of results, I'm not going to lie. Um, watching these last few games, we do press higher up the pitch, so previously under Sabri, we'd probably sit on the halfway line and let teams come on to us, but it seems like we are pressing higher up the pitch, which is something that I, I'm all for, to be honest. Um when we do get the ball, especially at the back in midfield, it's a lot of sideways passing and backwards passing. Um, we don't particularly have a midfielder who passes it in between the lines, to sort of use that phrase. So we have Yates and Cole back in there, and they'll just pass it sideways. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great viewing, to be perfectly honest. And then eventually our centre-halves come under a lot of pressure from the opposition striker, and we hoof it long and it comes straight back at us. So in terms of a style of play, yeah, I suppose I could probably phrase it as counter-attacking football, which is a shame, you know, because like you mentioned as you introduced this question, it would be good to see us get on the ball a lot more. I don't think we really play, I haven't seen us play for a long time, getting on the ball. And, you know, you come away from the city ground in an away game and think, you know, we deserve that. We played well today. We played them off the park, um, which is, yeah, like I said, a real shame. And who are some of the key players that you've got that you think we should be looking out for on Wednesday? Who are uh, the danger men? The danger men, I suppose. The first one you probably mentioned is Knockart. So yeah, in, I was thinking Knockart would be a bit of a handful. Yeah, so in his debut against Derby, we were, we were we were poor in the first half and he came on at half-time and he just looked to add some urgency. He looked to add some pace. He looked to be, you know, be trying getting the ball, demanding the ball and running at people. You know, no defenders like any player who runs at them, especially with pace. Um, that, in the championship especially, pace pace is pivotal. And So hopefully, yes, he, so he can do, if he, he tries something a bit different, you know, we bought him in for a reason. We bought him in because we weren't good enough going forward and creative enough. So hopefully he can bring some of that on Wednesday. Uh, Lolly the same on the other side, like we've already mentioned. Um, hopefully Harry Arter. So Harry Arter's not been fit for the last few games, but hopefully he comes back in because... He adds a bit of aggression, which I think we've been missing. Um, again, he demands the ball. He tries to get on the ball and, you know, dictate play and look look for those passes that we're, you know, potentially missing out on because we, we do look backwards and sideways quite a lot. So hopefully he can spread it out wide. Um, McKenna, I mentioned earlier. So, you know, you won't really think of mentioning a centre-half, but I think he's been brilliant since he's come and he really has. He, you know, we got bullied early, early doors and now we've got a six-foot-something centre-half who just wants to put his head on it and kick kick through the ball and get it out of the box which is perfect for the way we started the season and I'm going to throw in there our goalkeeper which is probably good for you guys but um but Bree Samba you know he was he was amazing he was a revelation last year he came in and not many people you know people were saying we didn't need another goalkeeper but I think he made uh team of the season 
the Sky Sports team of the season. Um, it was between him and the Fulham goalkeeper. And in the last three games, he's saved one-on-ones. So he saved yeah. against Asamba Longa on Saturday. He saved against um, Shinny against Derby. And then he saved a one-on-one against Luton as well. So it sounds a bit strange, but I think I think he's a really, really important player for us. Yeah. And on a sort of final point, really, I was just going to get some score predictions. So um, I'll go to you first, Chris, and then we can ask the others what they think. Oh, go on there. Let's be positive. 1-0. One 1-0. Nil. One nil. One nil Forest. Dean? Yeah, it's going to be a scrappy one, I feel. Um, I think the key battle is going to be in the middle of the park. If Arta's back, then Arta versus Amer is going to be absolute fireworks. Uh, interesting, so that will, yeah. Looking forward to that, if that happens. But uh, yeah, I'm, it's going to be a scrappy one. Uh, I'm also going to go with 1-0, but obviously away win. And Andy, what do you reckon? Um, I think this one will be, uh, I think, like you say, I think it will be scrappy. I think there won't be much in it between the two sides. Um, hopefully we can, you know, put a platform on what we did on Friday night. But I think it will be a score draw 1-1. Nice one. Chris, thanks a lot for joining us on the show. It's brilliant yeah, to get your perspective on Forest. Um, wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season, apart from Wednesday, of course. <laughs> Cheers, guys. You too. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, mate. Take care. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. With the Championship fixture list uh, being as busy as ever, we travel to Watford on Saturday. Um, looks like another tough game, this one, doesn't it, Andy? Yeah, it does, uh, but they're all tough, aren't they? Especially away from home. It doesn't get any easier, does it, Tom? Um, Watford are, what, sixth in the league, just just out, just in the playoffs. And uh, But the last few games, they've lost, well, they lost to Barnsley at the weekend, which is a terrible result. And they drew with Wickham and drew with Bournemouth. So, you know, the last three games, yeah. they drew two and lost one. So they're not in particularly good form, are they? So... You know, and after what we did on Friday night, we we can go there with full of confidence as long as we get a result on on Wednesday, as long as we don't get beat. Yeah, definitely, anything's possible. And yeah. Dean, what do we know about Watford? Did they, um, in terms of their summer signings, and I guess a bit about their sort of style of play? Yeah, I mean, guys, we need to be under no illusion how tough and how difficult yeah. this game is going to be. You know, they're a side down from the Premier League, and they've pretty much kept the same nucleus of the team apart from a couple of outgoings. Um, so we've, we've got to be under no illusions how difficult this going this game's going to be. I mean, you look at the sort of their their players, and they've got the likes of Ismail Saar, who was touted to go to United for thirty million in the summer. Mm. So that's the golfing class that we're up against, not only in this in this Watford team, but in this division too. And like Andy said, like they haven't really taken to life in the Championship all that well. Most most people. At the start of the season, pundits, fans, etc., pretty much had Watford as runaway winners of this league. And at the moment, it's so batshit crazy, anything can happen. So, you know, it's it's a game where we could perhaps cause a little bit of an upset. Um, like in the same mould as, as Reading on Friday night, nobody really gave us a chance to, to win that match. So who's to say we can't tame Watford um, in this game? But it, it will be difficult, that's for sure. Um, they're very... They're obviously a very an attacking team. They play on the wings a lot. They create a lot of chances from the wings. But one thing that stands out for me, they're not scoring a lot of goals. Mm. You know, they've only scored more than one goal on one, one occasion this season. Everything else has been scrappy, one nil wins or one one draws or 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 nil nil. So, you know, they don't 
they create chances, but they're not finishing them, shall we say. So we've got to be um, be wary of that. Can we can we keep their chances down to a minimum? Because at the moment, the the chances created and the goal scored is 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 not is not clicking for them. So that's something we've got to take advantage of if we can. Uh, but who's to say they weren't going to score six goals on Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whenever Watford are playing? So um, it will be a tough game. Um, there's no doubt about it. They play with a three at the back system, um, very compact midfield. So we've got to go in there with three in the middle again. Um, hopefully now that will now Robbins has seen us play on Friday night in that way, and it can and he saw that it can suit our style of play a little bit more in this division. Hopefully we'll continue in that vein. But yeah, this is going to be a tough game, and it all depends what happens on on Wednesday night versus Forest too. Can we are we going to be going in with our heads down or heads held high? Um, it's very difficult to call um, a game when we've got one in the middle, really. Yeah, definitely. And they, um, I think they host Stoke on, on Wednesday, Watford do. So, interesting game for them on Wednesday. Yeah, that's a tough game. Stoke are, Stoke are looking much better this season. Um, they've got a really, really good squad. A squad that's built to sort of get out of the championship, really, with a host of decent names in that Stoke team. So, that'll be a tough game for them. So, you know, hopefully Stoke can do us a favour and, and you know, then, then what? Kind of words out Dent Watford's confidence. It's a bit of a tongue tie that. that yeah, it's fair, isn't it? Um, so yeah, hopefully they can dent their confidence and and they'll be coming in with their heads heads down on on Saturday and we can take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you mentioned there sort of hopefully keeping the same system that you know obviously pending what happens on Wednesday against Forest. But Andy, what are your thoughts on the side that the Robins will put out? Do you think he'll sort of stick to what worked really well on Friday? Um, I hope so, Tom. Yeah. Um, it depends. It's always hard to talk about a game when there's a midweek game, yeah, isn't there? It's really difficult. Um, but hopefully, maybe, you know, if he probably plays the same team, I can't see him changing much to what he do, does on Wednesday. So uh, maybe Kelly might come in, maybe give one of the midfielders a rest, you know, against uh, Watford away. But until we know really what happens Wednesday, it's, it's a bit of a hard one to say, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And as always, I'll take a score prediction from both of you. So I'll go to you first, Dean. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start the hashtag, hashtag unleash Tyler Walker um, <laughs> for Friday night because I think this is the game, it's the perfect game for him. His pace and trickery is going to cause the, the Watford back three, a very ageing Watford back three, I might add, uh, or cause uh, all sorts of problems. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to be really positive and think we're going to win this game 2-1. That'll do, wouldn't it? I'll take that all day long. Yeah. Stick, stick and, and Mystic Dean says stick your money on that. Yeah. Andy? Um, I think this one will be more of a, of a more difficult. I think with a good point at the city ground, I think we're just going to narrowly lose this 1 0 to 1. Sorry, okay. lads. No, it's the positivity. I've just, it's just gone right I'm just trying to be realist, that's all. But, you know, yeah. I'd love to be your positivity, Dino. You know that. You are <laughs> brushing up on me, but not, not 100% yet. Well, Give hopefully, me t- I can put, hopefully, I'll brush up on everybody else because the doom and gloomers have, have certainly gone quiet the last oh, week. Oh, yeah, thank God for that. Brilliant yeah. to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all we've got time for this evening. Thanks very much for your contribution, as always, chaps. And listeners, do check out our partners, Shortland Horn, for the latest properties across Coventry. And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation on any of our social media channels, just use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. 
Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.